Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Joining us on The Roy Green Show on this Saturday, this eventful Saturday, February 19th, as uh, the debate is underway in Canada's Parliament over the Emergencies Act, invoked by the Trudeau government. Joining us is Scott Moe, the Premier of Saskatchewan. Premier, good to have you with us. How much consultation did you have? Hey, Roy, uh, thanks for having me on today. Um, we, we did have a phone call uh, from the Prime Minister, which is the minimum uh, that is required and, and uh, under the Act, and, and it is also, you know, the Prime Minister doesn't have to follow the advice of any particular Premier or the Premiers as a whole uh, either, but we did have a phone call. I, I can tell you what I voiced on that call was uh, you should not enact uh, the Emergency Measures Act. It's never been enacted. You haven't met the criteria to enact it at this point. Uh, the police do have tools uh, that they utilized in Windsor and Emerson uh, and at the Coots Border Crossing to clear those crossings. You should, you, the police should be utilizing those tools elsewhere. And if you are uh, bent on enacting the Emergency Measures Act, you should enact it uh, only in those provinces that are requesting it. You don't have to enact it in all provinces. And so that was the uh, communication that came from Saskatchewan. Uh, we understand as well that uh, Premier Legault was not in favor from Quebec. Were there any other premiers? Are you at liberty to tell us? I, I, I will say that uh, <laughs> I wasn't alone in, in my views. Uh, let Premier Legault I speak for himself. We had a very similar views, I think I'd be safe uh, to say, on, on enacting uh, this act. You know, listen, uh, the, the police have tools, um, and, and they proved to use those tools in, in other areas. And you know, as I watch uh, the television here today, it absolutely pains me uh, to see what is happening uh, in downtown Ottawa. The, uh, yes, the police are, are doing their job, um, but this lies at the foot of the Prime Minister. Uh, this is a choice uh, that the Prime Minister has made, and it was a choice to either enact the Emergency Measures Act or to communicate with Canadians, um, like all provinces have, as to what the next number of weeks and months like look like, look like with respect to uh, COVID uh, public health measures uh, that have been in place. He chose uh, the Emergency Measures Act, and we're seeing the result of that choice here today. Um, this is Trudeau's Canada. This is what it looks like. Uh, it's his creation. And quite frankly, what I see here today, this is an embarrassment. It is very difficult to watch. Very difficult. And the question that I have, Premier, and I'll ask you as well, you know, I'll ask you, wasn't there a sense, didn't you have the sense that Mr. Trudeau could have acted a lot sooner and a lot less dramatically? Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and all levels uh, of law enforcement like could come together like they have here in Saskatchewan, provincial levels, uh, federal levels, the RCMP, as well as our municipal levels, uh, to support one another and utilizing the tools that they have available, like they do in, in any other protest, to ensure that uh, you know, people uh, do have the right to be heard uh, in peaceful protests. Uh, they, they, however, do need to follow the laws that are in place. And when they're not following those laws, the, the police should be enforcing those laws and they should be doing so immediately. Uh, that didn't happen uh, in this case in Ottawa. It's happened in many other cases where the, the police have been, uh, you know, much more prudent in, in, uh, in, in enforcing the law and communicating with protesters in the lead up to a protest as to what the laws are and what the consequences of breaking them will be. And, uh, you know, so we, we've seen in our province, for example, uh, many peaceful protests with, you know, very, very minimal, uh, if, if maybe a couple of arrests. I don't want to overstate the case, but it seems to me that Mr. Trudeau has, if not an affection for the Emergencies Act, he has it in his top drawer because in April of 2020, he was prepared to 
engaged the Emergencies Act and consulted with all the premiers, and you uh, unanimously, well, not unanimously, Premier um, Higgs of Nova, New Brunswick was in favor, but the rest of the premiers said no, correct? I mean, he seems to have, well, he's enacted it now, or at least he's, uh, he's enacted it. It hasn't been passed by the House of the House of Commons. And, and you know, listen, uh, outside of wartime, the only other time uh, that an act like this has been uh, enacted on Canadians, uh, literally on Canadians, was uh, was with the father. Um, so, you know, now we see uh, the current prime minister, Number Trudeau, uh, enacting uh, the little sister of the of the War Measures Act on Canadians, and we're seeing that play out on live on live TV here uh, today. Uh, as I said, uh, you know, the prime minister, the federal government had another choice. Um, they had a choice to do what every other province, every province has done uh, in this in this nation, and is to communicate clearly um, where we're going in the next while with respect to our COVID. Our COVID public health measures, uh, Roy. There is there is a way for this to to stop. Uh, this this act can be stopped in its tracks by the Jagmeet Singh and the NDP withdrawing their support. And I I would hope after what uh, all MPs are seeing play out on on television here today that they would most certainly be revisiting uh, whether or not they're going to vote in support of Justin Trudeau's uh, emergency act. Um, and I, I would hope that they that constituents of those MPs are reaching out to their MP and saying. Don't support this. Um, don't support using the Emergency Act or, or the Sister of the War Measures Act on Canadians. Yeah, the NDP, one of their cornerstones for existence, is to support public protest. Tommy Douglas didn't years ago when the, when the father tried to bring in the War Measures Act. I say Jagmeet Singh, not either. Yeah. Premier, moving on, you and Premier Kenny and 16 U.S. governors are urging Mr. Trudeau, who's always in the middle of these things, are urging Mr. Trudeau to suspend the cross-border trucker vaccine mandate. Talk to us about that, please. Well, it was suspended for you know many many months uh, when from from since it has been implemented. And you know, listen, our, our <laughs> this is at the very heart of, of what's happening today in downtown Ottawa as well. I think it's grown to be much broader about vaccine mandates and and COVID uh, public health uh, measures uh, more broadly. Um, but two reasons. Uh, one, uh, truckers have been the the folks that have went, uh, you know, crossed the border uh, down throughout the U.S. Uh, throughout this pandemic, prior to vaccines, prior to rapid tests, prior to any of the tools that we are managing uh, with uh, here today. Um, and they most certainly should be exempt uh, to continue to, you know, provide the goods uh, and keep our supply chain sound uh, across North America. And we do, and I've spoken on this show many times about the importance of having a a strong North American economy, uh, not just a Canadian economy or, or a strong U.S. economy. We needed that strong North American economy. Um, second uh, is uh, with respect to uh, you're precisely uh, this. The uh, the these mandates um, are necessary; have been necessary for a period of time. But we are finding our way through them, utilizing other tools that we have available. Rapid tests for. For example, we have early intervention treatments, monoclonals and now Paxlovid that are available. Um, and we need to start to heal the divisions that we have in this in this nation. And the way for us to do that is to start moving away from talking about who's vaccinated and who isn't. So start moving away from talking about what our daily case numbers are. We're finding our way through this pandemic. We have tools available today that weren't available six months and one year ago. Let's use those tools. Let's come together as Canadians and let's really achieve all that we can in, a, in this post-COVID uh, environment that is, I think uh, we have the opportunity uh, to, to really succeed in as Canadians. And 
We aren't going to be able to do that if we, if we have these deep divisions that are, quite frankly, being fostered by the Prime Minister uh, at the moment. As long as the Emergencies Act is required, who establishes that? Because the constitutional rights of each and every Canadian are compromised while that EIA is in place. Yeah, absolutely uh, it is, and I think that's... Uh, you know, in addition to what I see uh, happening uh, play out uh, virtually, like, well, I think live on on television here today, um, it's just a, a, a disappointing time for me uh, as a Canadian. Uh, there was another path, uh, you know, a path to really de-escalate some of the divisions that we're experiencing as Canadians. It's been a long two years for everybody, uh, whatever you do uh, in your day. And it's, it's time for us all to, to move through this. And this is what we're seeing in, in Saskatchewan is people are far more willing to live with the, the risk of COVID in their community, given the tools that they have, vaccines, rapid tests, uh, the knowledge that we have uh, to keep ourselves safe. They're far more willing to live with the risk of COVID than they are to live with uh, additional public health measures uh, out into the next number of months. And so you've seen every province come forward with a plan of what the next weeks and months look like in de-escalating the health measures that are in place. Save for the federal government. The federal government is the outlier. Uh, they have not come forward with that plan. And I, I would say uh, that would have been a, a far more successful effort in bringing Canadians together than enacting uh, the, the Emergency Act on Canadians, calling Canadians racists, calling Canadians misogynists. Um, there was another path. The Prime Minister purposefully didn't take it. And uh, for me, I... I I find that just tremendously disappointing as a Canadian uh, here today. The name-calling is really disturbing. It's below the office of Prime Minister to name-call as much as this Prime Minister does. And, and I know that disturbs, that disturbs you, Premier. Let's talk about the divide in this country. It's been Generally, it's been described as an East-West divide, and then it's just been forgotten. Well, always been that way, always will be that way. Far more serious now, the challenges that we face as a nation and as people are in front of us, and we have to address them at this time. Do you have a sense that there is the will uh, to, to do it? What, what's your sense when you work with the premiers, when you work with the prime minister? Is there enough cohesion to create um, a fundamental forward momentum that we're all engaged in? We have to. Um, and, and, and if it isn't this government, then it needs to be a different government. Uh, listen, uh, I hear about divisions, east-west, rural-urban. I hear about divisions uh, all the time, and I have no time uh, to discuss um, anything about those divisions. In Saskatchewan, we hear about a rural-urban division. Here, here's the fact. Um, it's actually a synergistic relationship between rural and urban in Saskatchewan. We have, you know, natural resources. Most of those are located in rural Saskatchewan. What we do is we mine, uh, we produce, we add value to those natural resources and we make them available to the world. Who does that? People often that live in urban Saskatchewan. So we have the natural resources located in our rural areas. People from both rural and urban Saskatchewan come and, and add value to those resources, fuel, food, fertilizer, and we offer that to the world. Uh, the, the, the relationship is synergistic, whether it's east, west, whether wherever uh, we, whatever divide we think uh, is present here in Canada. Trust me, if you think hard enough about it, you will find a synergy in that relationship. And that is really what we need to do uh, if we are going to uh, achieve uh, the opportunities that lie before us. Uh, Roy, credit to you for the, the show you're having tomorrow looking ahead uh, to the next 20 years. Um, Saskatchewan 
Uh, we've attracted over $13 billion in private investment in the forestry industry and in the mining industry and the, the canola crush for the value-added food industry. Um, we're going to be part of uh, providing our products to the world in the time ahead, and we've never been more excited. And what we need to do in this province and this nation is come, come together uh, as Canadians so that we can realize our full potential in the years ahead. Don't let this virus beat us. Yeah. The Canadian Federation of Independent Business writes, as the Saskatchewan government begins to lift COVID restrictions, this is from February 15th, across the province, new data from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business shows most small business owners in Saskatchewan support the removal of public health measures such as PCR border tests, proof of vaccination, vaccine mandates for employees, and masking rules. So you have small business on your side, Premier, and uh, that's very clear. Let me ask you something else. We talk about the uh, the fun. We have about three minutes. Time goes by so quickly when you're on the air with us. We have um, we have this North American economy, but we have the reality of what's going on within our borders, and then provincially. But on the national scale, we have the consumer price index rising at its fastest rate since the CPI was introduced 23 years ago. Canada's inflation rate passed five percent in January. That hasn't been seen in 31 years. Groceries are up 6.5% January 22 versus January 21, and shelter costs up 6.5%. Difficult times. How do we address that? Well, we, we address it. Uh, in, let me just go back to small business for a moment. We lost a, uh, you know, a very valuable friend of, of mine, a great friend of mine, a great friend of so many uh, in Regina uh, this, this past week is uh, in John Hopkins. He uh, was the executive director of our Regina Chamber of Commerce. And uh, when you talk about small business uh, supporting uh, the removal of restrictions, John is always reminding everyone that you know, small business is not a, a, just a business. Uh, a small business is all of the families uh, that are the individuals that are working in that business, providing money and an income uh, for their families and, and really bettering uh, their community. And so small business is all of us, uh, in particular in the province of Saskatchewan. The, the rising inflation rate that we have uh, here in this in, in this in this nation is we, we need to be paying attention to that. And it's all the more reason for us to come together and, and really work at, uh, you know, providing the uh, the, the sustainable products from Saskatchewan and from Canada to the rest of the world and doubling down on our, our efforts to attract uh, that investment, to attract those jobs and, and expand our, our opportunities. Um, and, and, and to quit this divisive conversation around who's vaccinated, who isn't, who, who, uh, you know, what this virus is, is doing. I'd ask and I'd call on our prime minister uh, to, to lay down the, the divisive language that he's been using. Uh, step away from this emergency act and most certainly uh, focus on bringing uh, getting our truckers back to work uh, those that, that might not be getting everyone back to work and engaged in, in building uh, whatever business or um, uh, whatever industry they're involved in um, providing for ultimately for their family and giving back to their communities this is this is how we we do do well um, but we're going to have some challenges ahead of us when you look at the you know, the money that we've loaned as a nation, the money that we quite likely have printed uh, as a nation, we, we have some significant challenges with inflation ahead of us, and we need to, we need to approach them together with a united front. And we, we have to get through these divides before uh, we can address any of this other. The constitutional rights of each and every Canadian are being affected by the Emergencies Act. That's just the way it is. If, for example, and this is pointed out by the CCLA, if a public gathering, peaceful public gathering is declared to be illegal, inappropriate, uh, whatever term they may use, and you go to that peaceful protest, uh, you will 
your, your information is going to be passed on to CSIS and to the RCMP. Bank accounts can be frozen. These are all things that can happen because the Emergencies Act is in place. Scott Moe is the Premier of Saskatchewan. Premier, have I misstated anything here? I was uh, just listening uh, to the statement in the House there uh, the other day about uh, introducing the Emergency Act. And, and can you imagine, you know, understanding what we're seeing uh, today, if, uh, you know, if he, he had rose uh, in, his, in his place and, and said something more uh, to the effect of, you know, today we have tools that we just simply didn't have in battling COVID a year ago. We have those tools available today and Canadians are using them. We understand that most Canadians are, uh, as we go forward through the next number of weeks and months, are willing to live with the risk of COVID as opposed to live with the public health measures being uh, instilled on them uh, by governments. Uh, we'd ask Canadians to continue doing their personal risk assessment uh, every every morning. And uh, with respect to the protesters, uh, you can't be there. You're breaking the law. The police have tools, and we will be the police will be supported in utilizing those tools. But as we move forward, we need to not focus on you know, you know what you know what uh, other people's uh, decisions are whether they're wearing a mask whether they're vaccinated uh, whatever that might be as we move forward we need to be accepting of of the people in our in our family in our in our friend group in our in our community at work and we need to be respectful of the of the decisions uh, that they ultimately make and understanding that we're all using the tools that are available to us available to us in battling uh, this virus and here is what the federal public health measures will look like over the next weeks and months in, in starting to remove them. They can't be there forever. Had he said something like that, we likely would be having a very different situation uh, in, in Ottawa today. Yeah. So now we have to do repair work. And uh, and it's it has to be done quickly. It has to be done efficiently. It has to involve everyone, every group in this country that has a vested interest and wants to get involved it should involve them. I just, I, I wonder whether we have, and this is what we'll talk about tomorrow. I wonder whether we have the actual uh, desire to create this kind of relationship at this point, because so much is strained. Premier, let me ask you this: uh, What's the relationship like between the provinces and Ottawa? A couple of years ago, six premiers, you included, sent a letter to Mr. Trudeau concerning two pieces of legislation. Uh, it was the uh, tanker legislation on the west coast, and uh, and the other one was remind me, please, what was C forty eight again? 48 was uh, so we had the tanker on the west coast and then the other one was the uh, the pipeline right right pipeline bill, if I remember. So, so when we have that we have six premiers you included sending a letter to mr trudeau telling him at that time that it was a national unity issue and he scoffed at it what do we have what's the reality now in the relationship between the provinces and the federal government because if we need the leadership from the provinces uh, working with the federal government to create momentum for the rest of the country. Is there is, is there cooperation between the, among the provinces and the federal government? Well, I, I would start with the provinces. There's absolutely cooperation across party lines, you might add, at the Council Federation table, which is the 13 premiers, the 10 provinces, and three, uh, three territories. And uh, I've been quite proud, actually, to be a part of, of a, a group of, of premiers, and they've changed over the, the past few years. Uh, with what we've been able to agree on <laughs> and, and coming from very different parties and coming from very different areas of Canada, uh, you know, we've been able to agree on a, a number of things and, and to move forward on a number of things. Um, where the challenge comes 
is when we go to the first minister's table and we bring uh, the prime minister uh, to that table. The most recent challenge is on on having the federal government fully fund a, a healthcare system, a provincially delivered healthcare system in this nation. They've fallen short uh, to the tune of about twenty eight billion dollars a year. Um, that didn't all happen in one year. It's happened over uh, successive years. But uh, the federal government does need to step up and, and be a partner in, in funding health care uh, like they have in decades gone by. So the, the relationship between the provinces and, and the federal government, I think, is always strained uh, to some degree. But I would say it's in particular, in particularly strained uh, today, uh, given the, uh, yes, there's consulting by the federal government, but quite often, uh, we'll see the federal government, as is the case with this Emergency Measures Act, uh, go a very different way than uh, what many of the provinces might be uh, providing advice on. Hmm. Email from Denise to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Good afternoon, Roy. The Premier of Saskatchewan, Mr. Scott Moe, has so much common sense, which is very hard to find these days. Keep up the great work, Mr. Moe. I'm seeing quite a bit of that. What about the issue of energy and energy supply and energy delivery? Premier, we have lots of energy. We were, we were going to be the exporting nation, the energy exporting nation for the world 10 years ago. Now we can't even take care of our own supplies for ourselves. We we're, Pipelines are essentially a dead issue in Canada. You have uh, energy options in Saskatchewan, which the federal government doesn't seem to be particularly enamored with, and I'm being very liberal in my description. What about the energy issue? So, good question. And I'm sure this will be something that you discuss in your in your show uh, tomorrow. And I, you know, there is a little bit, and I tweeted a, about this or shared on social media, the difference or, or the um, the irony of, of uh, what happened uh, this week. The most violent protest uh, that we've had in the, in the last number of weeks is actually not uh, in Ottawa. It has nothing to do with COVID. But was out in British Columbia at the site of the Coastal Gas Link Pipeline, one of their construction sites, where we saw, you know, a, a violent confrontation uh, with protesters. Um, and I put forward just uh, to suggest that the, maybe the Emergency Act should be used there to seize vehicles and track down any of the money that funded uh, those protesters in that situation. And you know, that that's a, an indicator uh, that, that particular. A piece of export infrastructure is is indicative of what we need to be looking at in this in this nation. The world is transitioning. Yes, Canada is also transitioning away from oil. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, the world should be looking at purchasing that oil from uh, the most sustainable sources. And I, I always say, uh, with respect to Saskatchewan and what we're doing in methane uh, reductions, what we're doing with enhanced oil recovery, we have some of the most sustainable oil, some of the lowest carbon uh, energy that you can. You can purchase, and we should be uh, getting that to not only other Canadians, so that we don't have a governor from Michigan that can threaten uh, to shut down our energy supply in, in eastern Canada or central Canada. Uh, we should be looking at energies, and that should be back on the table. We should be looking at uh, Keystone XL and repairing that relationship with the Biden administration so that we can actually build that type of infrastructure and provide some of the most sustainable uh, resources uh, to the world. I still think those projects and others will happen, uh, not under our current Canadian administration, but uh, he won't be here forever, and Canadians will be. And I, I think we will get some of this infrastructure across the line and, and really be able to address uh, energy security. And if you're wondering what can happen when you don't have energy security, look at what's happening in, in uh, with Russia, with Ukraine, and, and the, Europe, the reaction of Europe, who is reliant on Russia for much of their, their energy supply. Uh, we should be paying attention to that, and we should be taking care of Canadians. 
If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 